Would you care to step outside? We did it today. Superman. Oh, sorry, honey. You are here. The lasso of Hastia compels me to reveal the truth. I'm Batman. Meow. Find me with my hands. Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. All right. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to DC on RMD. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search DC on RMD, the Superman and Lois edition. I am Michael Flores. Hello, everyone. And in the studio today with me is Steve and David. Hello, guys. Yo. How's it going, everybody? Steve, welcome back. Thank you, sir. You went away for a little bit. You had the the drips. Is that what it was? No, we had the COVID scare. Oh, I thought it was. <laughs> no. Chlamydia. It was chlamydia. not chlamydia. No, it was not. Okay. It was It was the the, the, the Rona scare. Okay. Rona scare. But it was just a scare. Good. Okay, good. No one died then. No one was even sick, thank Christ. Okay, good. Well, then, you know what? You should have came in on last week. I didn't week. know. I was trying to be, you know, protective of, of you guys. He was being a responsible adult. Yeah, I didn't want to Responsibility. What is that about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today, I must start with a confession. While I was away at summer camp, I kissed a boy. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there. Is that why you don't want to hang out anymore? (laughs) (laughs) I might be turned on. Uh, Yeah, that scene and scenes like those are the reasons why sometimes I quit watching CW shows because it was so cringe. And and from a more objective writing perspective, completely out of character for Sarah. But Mike, don't you you like the progressiveness? Yes, I do. I do. But I don't like bad writing, David. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, hey, and on the on the bright side, at least Jordan's character was still on, you know, on the right path. On point. He, he, he was still Jordan, and I think he handled it as, as any young man would have. As best as he could. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so some people may say, Michael, I don't know if it was necessarily out of character because it looks like... They have a new plan for Sarah this season, and it's probably involves with her becoming a lesbian or at least exploring her her sexuality because we see how they have paired up Natalie nah. along with Sarah. You know what her, her nickname is in school now, don't you? What? Scissor Queen? Scissoring Sarah. Scissoring Sarah. That's a good name. I would definitely go after a, a young lady. With a name like that. <laughs> Scissoring. Not that young. She has to be legal. Well, yes. I mean, I'm just being respectful. I would call a 45-year-old woman a young lady because I am resp- I was raised okay. the right way, Steve. Okay. I don't call women dames or bitches because I know that's what you like to do. I, I like dames. I like dames. dames. I've heard that Steve has to call. Come back. I, dames. He, I like dames. When he was doing a review like a couple times last year, you were... Uh, called a couple of oh and broads what are what are you what are you like a stand-in for like dead man and you want to talk like a 50s gangster yeah dude i, I want to bring it back dames and broads, dames and broads. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fucking film noir yeah. 1930s pi i've been watching a lot of batman animated series <laughs> Batman animated series, yeah all right so 
Let's get into this episode. We're going to be discussing and breaking down season two, episode two of Superman and Lois, The Ties That Bind. Something broke free from beneath the surface of the earth, and it would seem that Hal Rowe is and or was aware of what that might be. You guys have any, have any additional theories as to who, what... It was that broke free from the mine. Besides the go-to, <laughs> I was I about know. to say, Mike. I'm like, I'm not deviating. There's no. Uh, I mean, let's look to David, the Encyclopedia of DC <laughs> history. Here, who else lives in a cave under the ground? <laughs> Golem. No. Okay. Golem. If Galactic if, Golem came from space, if we're gonna if we're gonna deviate from who I want it to be, <laughs> but there's there are a couple of p- characters they could pull out. I mean. Automatically, the first one that pops into mind is Parasite. Government okay. created, government created being that basically has the strength of Superman. Yeah, and could possibly be tied to Superman, and you know, it is possible that it could be Parasite. It would feel weird though for Superman fans. They're like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Oh, yeah. Superman fans should know who Parasite is. Though. They should, but, because but Parasite's not wearing, um, you know. Some kind of armor like suit, suit yeah. or pieces. And that's that's the thing, is kind of like, I'm sorry, it, my mind is set. It is doomsday. And it, it better be a damn be. good looking one because the one that we got was. Well, yeah. whatever it is, it is affecting Superman within the story, causing him to slip into bouts of pain and experience visions. According to Superman's mom, this is, in fact, caused by a cosmological event, I believe was the right wording, correct? Or the correct wording? Another being is causing it, essentially. Yes. Now, I have a feeling there's more than just a singular threat going with that logic. Because there's no reason to have a dual parallel narrative where we are given the answer by way of the mind scene with yeah. Lois and John Irons. And then also given the answer through Superman's mother. It's kind of redundant. The two are probably connected, but the cosmological event is not that creature in the mind. It's got to be something interstellar, like possibly Brainiac. Yeah, I was like thinking mm. when we were bringing up like cosmo- cosmic, cosmological, co- cosmological. Beings. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I couldn't cosmological. I I get tongue tied all the time. People that listen to this show know that, so I will though. I will give you that, Dave. But. Cosmic beans in the the DC landscape. Brainiac was the first one that I thought of. Yeah. However, I mean, I did think about this. I mean, in recent times, they've had they uh, they've had that one character that they introduced that destroyed Krypton in the recently in the the comics. Uh, I think it's Rolzagar or something. Rogozar. Rogozar. Which is, I will say, Dave, is one of the best new villains of the last five years that DC has introduced. And, it, and that's another character that I was going to mention after Parasite is Rogel Czar. Because it like, could be. What if, do you think that's too new to pull? That's the problem. It, it's a bit too new. And I could see people like, especially some Superman fans being very split about about making it because they've already shown us that 
you know, the telltale teasing signs that it is doomsday. Yeah. And if it turns out it's not doomsday, it's Rogozar. So I was unfamiliar with this this character. Well, Rogozar wasn't made till like five years ago. No, dude, even less. I think like three years ago. So I'm looking, and just based on outward appearance. Yeah. It could be, right? I it could be. Yeah. And it, it it would it would match why Clark is having visions because we know that Rogozar in the comics is tied to Clark in that way because of his connection. He's to tied to everything. Krypton. Of, of, of the Kryptons. He he could also be that cosmological event, obviously. Exactly. So yeah, so that's all I was saying. I'm not I'm I'm not putting all my money on black. I'm not betting, I'm not putting it all on Brainiac by any means. However, because you had those dual scenes. You have to start There's got to be two threats, but those two threats are no doubt connected. So whatever this thing is that's buried underground, which like, we can think of a dozen reasons why it would be something awoken it. I mean, shoot. And dude, that's can, why I think it's it's another being that awoken this this creature or you, you doomsday. Can, probably you, you can even throw out maybe even it, it's a long shot. I mean, it's a long shot. You could throw out like characters like Solomon Grundy. It'd be Grundy because Grundy's gigantic. And Grundy fought Superman and numerous times. Numerous times. He, he he might have a past connection with Superman. It, they could play it, it on that. It could be a giant curveball. And you know, as much as I would like to see a proper doomsday, this may not be the avenue for a proper doomsday. But I yeah. I would give him a little bit of of you know leashed. But it would be cool to kind of see a curveball and Curve bring in something well, like Grundy or this Zola. A curveball, yeah, but I mean, like they've gave they they've given us so many great breadcrumbs to show us that they're going that route of the death of Superman storyline with Doomsday, yeah. because you have the setup of John Henry Iron Steel showing up, you have Tal Ro, the Eradicator showing up. You can say Jordan is the stand-in for Superboy, one hundred percent. So it's it's just you know, is it too soon to introduce a death of? This Clark, when we're only two episodes, or we talked about it. We talked about last episode. Yeah, I was kind of seeing it your way, Steve, and David actually did a pretty good job talking me into it. I'll go back and listen. The the thing that I am worried about, though, is is that last season. But I know we're only two episodes in, so I'm not going to get all stressed out yet. We're only two episodes in, (laughs) but last season they did such a great job not letting us know what's going to happen. We were going back and forth all season long mm-hmm. with theories. They even subverted a few of our thoughts, which which isn't something CW DC shows are known for doing. They did a lot of, you know, fancy footwork, if you will, to keep us from zeroing in on exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So far in one episode, everything they set up is so obvious. It's and a lot news. of it actually happened already in this in the second episode so we're seeing through their writing strategies with only one episode in and that's making me nervous and i will say this episode does feel very inferior uh in the way of script than any episode last season it felt a little weird and it, uh, i don't know and, and the fact that this is dooms if this is doomsday i will honestly i'll be a little disappointed because there should have been a build-up to doomsday there should have been a warning of a sorts, but for them to introduce him in this way. And then we all know, even people who aren't avid Superman fans are like, Oh yeah, it's doomsday. I mean, come on. 
Well, and, and, play uh, with us a bit. Tickle the balls. Well, remember last the beginning of last season, we all were like speculating the main villain was going to be Lex Luthor. Yeah. Because they but, did the big reveal. In the, in yeah, but they did, to, to Mike's point, they did a great job of fancy footwear. Every, everything that we thought would get turned on his head an yeah. episode or two later. We didn't get anything right, I don't think, last season. No, <laughs> no but we, we started picking pieces where we, yeah. once things happened, we knew who people were. Um, this time around, maybe they're doing it again. And hopefully we think that it's one thing, but you know, that's a good point. That woman at the mine, the, the mine foreman or whatever, she, uh, she seems to know what's down there. Who's she? Who's this dame? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not going to let it go. He's going to not let it go. I could tell his face like ba- on the video. I'm so glad it was on you because I could see that struggle to make sure that got in. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so Jordan is getting stronger. He actually offered mm-hmm. Tal Rose some resistance this time. And I will say I am glad that Tal Rowe is back this season because they spent so much time last year contrasting and paralleling uh, his life with Clark's. It would feel strange for them just to trash the character after just one episode because you can use a character like that. Like, I'm not saying we need to have them in every episode. I'm not saying we need to have them in more than five episodes, but having an, a character around like that in the Rolodex, if you will, you young kids out there have no idea what a Rolodex is, but look it up and you'll immediately know my, my analogy here. <laughs> it's like your contacts app kids. <laughs> <laughs> so it can be a character that you put in that Rolodex and when you need him to help flesh out ideas or emotions about Clark, boom, he's already there. He's already a plot device that no one's going to get mad and throw shit at the wall when it just feels contrived because you needed someone to deliver some information. Now you have that character and just the way they used him in this episode, it worked and moving as fast as they did from not quite understanding what's going on with Clark to understanding a little bit about it only was made possible because they utilized a character that was fully established based on last season. Well, and also I really did like the fact they carried on the element that right now Clark, it's not that Clark distrusts the, the, the new general. It's just the fact that he's now caught in between wanting to trust them, but also coming to realization that they're doing things without his consent. Well, yeah, he doesn't so, have the relationship with this dude. He doesn't and have he, the he relationship. Will never have it. Yeah, it, it, that will never happen. His circumstances with General Lane were obvious as to why they they occurred. I'm going to slightly disagree with what Mike said on the fact that we have Tal in the Rolo deck. It's simply because I didn't mind how they used him, but we can't be pulling him out of that Rolodex all the time. We can't. He can't be a crutch. He can't be a crush to be like, well, we've got to explain this new thing because, well, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like, absolutely. That would I mean, be like, awful. But no, I'm just saying it's good for character development aspects opposed to exposition. Yeah. In a good, there. in a good writer's hands, because it, That's bad writers, right there, yeah. in a bad writer's hands, it becomes a crutch. Right. But yeah. if it's, if it's in, in the right writer's hands, having something like that to call on, they can do a lot of great things with it. And that's the, that's the biggest that's where I am. I'm kind of in between you and Mike. That sounds like, sexual. <laughs> Did you kiss a boy in summer school or summer camp? Well, Mike, no, what am I? No, but I blew him. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I 
blew a boy. <laughs> boy. I mean, summer camp. You're right. That's going to be cut. I do not want that to be a sound drop. <laughs> I blew a boy. boy. In the right hands, you're disgusting. right. Um, however, as we were talking before the show, um, you know, bringing in Tal and having the the backup hard drive crystal uh-huh. and, <laughs> and Clark's mom from Krypton, there was a lot of convenience. Convenience. Well, that, too that's, many convenience. Well, that's part of the problems I have. So, and we'll get to that in a second, Steve, because you are right. I don't disagree disagree i struggled with a lot of those things um i do like getting back to the trust thing that you brought up david i don't know if that's going to be a theme for the season but it seems like it is because he is having trust issues with with um with the new general and then also with his brother because i'm pretty sure the brother is going to be around this season and i don't think he's going to amount to being the big bad or even a true villain he's going to be an antagonist and a bit of an Probably. obstacle yeah. but yeah. I, we've already been there done that he's not going to be that go-to villain again mm. at least for a couple seasons or or more if they do in fact keep him around that long but i i do like what they have going on with that if they continue to build on the aspect of trust because that falls a bit into a common superman trope dealing with trust that poses, you know, questions like would villain A respond and or act differently if Superman had responded differently? That was one of the beautiful things about Smallville uh, with Lex Luthor. I mean, arguably, you can say that Lex Luthor in Smallville became Lex Luthor because Superman because refused to trust him. Mm. So that's and also there's been several comic book arcs, story arcs that also use those types of those types of ideas for stories. So if they do something like that, it'll be sad to see Clark pushing, you know, Tal Rowe even further to the dark side, which it did seem like that was happening this episode because of how highly emotion, uh, emotional Tal Rowe is. Mm -hmm. Well, especially in that scene with when they both reacted to their mother, that was actually a really cool scene. Well, because it was kind of a mirror image of what we saw Jordan and Jonathan, and Jonathan at times, exactly. not to the same extent or degree, but it's two brothers quarreling and mom stepping in and like, don't do that to your brother. Yeah. Yeah. There's interesting things they can do with this character if they keep him around, like what they did in this episode by fleshing out the concept of nature versus nurture yet again, an element that we mm-hmm. broke down in, in detail last season. How much is a person's characteristics formed by innate biological factors, genetics, which is a big part when it comes to Kryptonians, or upbringing and life experience? I mean, these are questions we discussed in detail last season in relation to Superman's connection with humanity, having human parents, and being in love with Lois. Yeah. That was one of the, the strengths of this episode was that side-by-side with Tal Rowe and Superman, because how better do you exemplify the idea of nature versus mm. nurture I, I you know going back to the the new general i think having tag around and having that connection between tag and and superman from season one could could maybe help down the line as it relates to the general since the general has now recruited tag to be one yeah. of his little minions that could be a, a bridge uh, for for Clark in terms of that trust with that general. But let's be honest, if I'm that general, why aren't you just off in his, uh, how, like right now? 
Like, why are you, why are you even having him? You, you are, you stepped into this role and you're nervous and concerned about trusting Superman and you knew what this other Kryptonian did. Why wouldn't you just kill that Kryptonian? There are a lot of logical questions. Well, already in two episodes, not logical questions, logical issues issues. already in two episodes, because that is one of those things, Steve, I thought about the exact same thing. It just doesn't seem fitting with this new character that he would just a even let Superman take him out. And I know they gave us that line. I know they gave us that line that that general lane pulled some strings, but general lane's out of the freaking picture. Yeah. Yeah, He's retired. I I don't want to nitpick because if we nitpick this episode to death, it'll, there'll be nothing left because the episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's why, that's why I felt that they were really steering the new general character to be, a villain because if you look at his actions and within the last within these two episodes number one he goes behind superman's back and creates this whole metahuman project that basically th- to create his own metahumans number two he steals the the symbol of superman for propaganda for his troops to make his troops mm-hmm. look good mm-hmm. never once did he say oh i'm putting this emblem on because i understand what it means no no, he, he understands there, marketing and advertising. He put it there because people will see the S and yeah. automatically think Superman. And in, in regards with this, I really do, in this episode, I really have now a distrust even for that general even more because it's kind of like, okay, we know that basically you knew about Tal Rowe. You Just like you said, Steve, why didn't you off him? Well, because he wanted to use him to make his own Kryptonians. Do you, you know, think he, that's what he's doing? Dude, look what he's doing right now. But he's using his Tal- own metahumans. Yeah, but that's not. But they, uh, you're saying they're created through Talro by somehow, like they. Impossible. We don't know where could, they came from. Yeah, exactly. Where did these new metas come nah, from? That's, and that's are they true. are they metas or are they hit with X kryptonite? Exactly. We don't know. Is he going to try to take Tal out of his little hot box and turn him into another soldier for his? We don't know what. I this just guy's assumed do. it was X kryptonite. I believe he didn't. He say that last episode. If he did, I wasn't paying attention that at that they, point. They took a stash or something before it was. But th- but think oh, about I think it. you're right, Mike. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Think about it, though. Even then, if that is X Kryptonite, he's using he is using basically technology that Tauro uses. Right. So of course he's going to keep him around because it's also he wants that information. A little contradictory too from last season because if they felt like it was unethical for Tauro to use X kryptonite to yeah. create super beings. Now, suddenly the DOD is doing the exact same thing. Now, well, here's the thing. It is a government branch and we know the government will absolutely do that. They are very hypocritical. Well, no, you can't use these weapons, but we're going, we're to. going to exactly. Yeah. That's why, the whole thing is like, why wouldn't they let Tauro do this? Well, because he, he's the one that's in control. They don't want that. They want to be the ones to control. Well, this. Yeah. But now that you guys mentioned it and I, I briefly thought this, as I was watching this this new episode, but now we're talking about this, it, it's irking me even more. We had a, a town full of ex-kryptonite that had a big-ass problem, and we dealt with the, the mine of kryptonite, and now we're just going to allow this new group of people to come in and keep dicking with the mining? What are you doing? Okay, so <laughs> what, they, they are subcontractors, I believe is what they said, that are removing it from the mine for the government. For the government. But, uh-huh. And, I, and I, I, I agree that you, it seems a little silly that the DOD 
and the United States government after that whole debacle would not have some type of security forces at least monitoring Correct. the process. It is very strange. It's, and it goes back not- to the illogical or the logical issues within this episode, because it seems like a lot of the decisions they're making are based solely on how can I make this aspect happen? It's all causal. It's all cause and effect. And it's not cause and effect based on plot. It's cause and effect based on, well, I want this thing to happen. So I'm going to force this thing to happen, even though it doesn't quite make sense logically so that we can get to this moment. Oh, that was like, that right there, Mike. They did it a lot in this episode. That this episode, in a nutshell, yeah. forcing stuff to happen, just like the Lana and Kyle thing. Like, I'm not sure why they didn't just start the season off with Lana running yeah. for mayor. Why well, use this Joker that ends up dropping out of the race in episode two, unless it means something for the episode? Exactly. It, we maybe, already maybe. knew Lana was going to be mayor last season. It made sense. We talked about it in depth that this is what they're doing with their character and then they throw in this guy for what just so they can give lana some story they just basically they just they just snoked him that was the thing they did they 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 basically introduced a character that we i mean me don't ever say that me and (laughs) me and you mike were talking about like oh this could be an interesting dynamic this guy going against lana in the very end of the season lana wins out and becomes the mayor and it's a big story arc for her yeah and then they cut it <laughs> and they just ended it. It's it's weird. It's very I mean, weird. Regardless of how they got there, this is something that we had assumed would happen based on last season. So I will say I'm glad that Kyle finally got his head out of his ass and suggested that Lana be mayor because I was waiting. Obviously, dude is a typical <laughs> oblivious bro because if I was her husband, the first thing I would think is like, you should be mayor. Now he's going to walk away for the entire day and then say, Hey, by the way, I was thinking about it. You know, who would be great for the job. You Lana. (laughs) No, Steve, I told, I told Mike and it hurt his soul. You know who Kyle is supposed to turn into, right? All he needs to turn into is become a security guard. And then he becomes <laughs> the, he, the character from Superman three. He, he he's there, dye his hair and yeah. and and give yeah, him some more booze. He and doesn't that's need him. to dye his hair; just Please. become a security guard. Yeah, okay. well, something needs to happen because I don't think I've ever witnessed a more useless character on television. Dude can't even fix a car that a fourteen year old girl fixed by simply cleaning the carburetor. Oh my god, dude! That, that and was, he's been working on it. Sarah said yeah, for a year. For a year. <laughs> that was like, a, wow, this what character is, he, is just what exactly an idiot. Is he good at. I, so is, been, is there anything he's good at? So now, in fairness to Kyle, I've been seeing some videos on Instagram of late where where wives are walking in on their husbands who are claiming to have been working on the plumbing or the house, and all the husbands are doing is drinking beer and running a drill and then <laughs> yeah. hitting a hammer on the counter. <laughs> Maybe that's what Kyle does. He just goes to the garage and he's like, "I got to work on the car," and he's just out there drinking and like just that's, hammering. Well, Kyle shit. is a listen. I would. That's even when you more have a wife like Lana, Steve. you're never going to do something like that. You're just going to like, why would you want to be away from her? Just have be- like 62 kids because yeah. <laughs> you're plowing field all the time. Lana, you ain't going to have time to be mayor if you know what I mean. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. See, you're just giving more ammo, Steve, to, for my theory that basically Kyle turns into the, you know, that I, I forgot the character's name too. I, uh, yeah. Brad, 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 Brad turns into Brad from Superman. Brad. 3, and then we have Gus Gorman show up. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you, you sold me. Yeah. I, I, I have to wonder though, going back to the, 
the kryptonite. Is is the ex kryptonite <laughs> just going to be our MacGuffin for this series? Uh, and are we just like going to turn yes. this into a Smallville yes, reunion? Of course, of course, they're going to do that. And, and that's the sad part. If like in the going back to what I said, in the right writer's hands, they could do take all the material that was presented here in this episode and make it shine. Yeah, but like if I, I you have a very lackadaisical writer, forget it. It's yeah. going to turn into a turd show. Yeah, th- there was a yeah there, <laughs> there there are some things that that feel off already in two episodes, and I I am not stressing out yet. But there's things like the uh, the Kyle not fixing the car thing, and the reason why they did that, I'll tell you why, is because they needed Natalie to fix it <laughs> so that she can have yes. a scene with Sarah so that she can impress Sarah so that they then can become an item because get ready. That's what we're going to have. The reason why she had that entire scene with Jordan that we all saw from a mile away, starting with last episode, she kissed a girl during summer camp. She didn't mean to, she's going to realize now that she likes women or at least she's bisexual. And now her story this season is, is going to be about her sexuality, sexuality her conflicted sexuality. This to me is very bad writing. When you sacrifice the intelligence and or logic of a character like Kyle, so that you can make room for another to have purpose is really bad. Some of the worst television shows on TV do this. And I, it frustrates me to, to see them do that. And the thing with Sarah really bothers me because yeah. it breaks her character. It breaks her character. And if this is the only story you can give to this actor, that's terrible. Last season, you had the story about a girl who was trying to figure out and maybe they can connect her sexuality to this. It would feel very contrived, but it would work. You know, you have a girl who was very deeply depressed. Mm-hmm. She was seeing uh, a psychiatrist. A and on medication. I, she was on medication. I believe she even attempted suicide, they had mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. So you give her this complicated story last season that required acting. And you gave her something that is a overused story on the CW. Here. Never mind the the deep layers that we gave you <laughs> like, last season. We're going to do a lesbian story, and the entire thing is going to be about you being a lesbian. That's your story now. Thank you. Well, are, how, for, how insulting is that, first off, to lesbian people, uh, LGBT? The fact that in order for you to have a lesbian in your show, they have to talk about sex, and everything about their story has to be about their sexuality. Yeah. When... Someone's sexuality is a very small percentage of who they really are. So let's take it a step further. Um, Not only are we going to inject this character's new sexual orientation, we're going to rest it on top of having been suicidal on medication and depressed. As if you have like the recipe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of it's a slap in the face on multiple levels to even do it. Um, and then the way that Natalie handled it when Jordan asked, you know, Hey, have you, have you talked to Sarah? I haven't, I haven't talked. She won't text me back. And she's like, he says, is is something wrong? Is she mad or something? And she goes, well, why don't you ask her yourself? She's outside on the porch. And it's, it's almost like she knew I'm coming between you two. I'm sowing seeds. Like you should go talk to her because I'm going to steal your chick. And it's like, 
what? It's like, wow. She all goes in there. Hey, Jordan, guess what? I call her. I call her Scissoring Sarah. Scissoring Sarah. She's mine. Steve, don't say that because <laughs> it really does feel like that's the direction they're going. I think and they what are. we're going to end they... up getting is we're going to get Jordan's going to be depressed. It's going yes. to be woe is me. And we're going to slowly devolve into typical CW immature melodrama. Now, where not that I not that it would absolve everything we just said, where it could help Jordan's character to go through that since we saw his powers really starting to amp up, he was able to take some blows against Tal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Like he's, Oh yeah. You kissed a girl. Why well, blew my uncle? I blew my uncle. <laughs> no, but he, he, he landed some blows. He, he took some hits. He hit him with the, with the, you know, the uh, laser eyes and all that. This could be a force to really bring out his powers out of, out of fear, anger, frustration, what have you. Which would set him up to be helpful if it is doomsday, it is. and we knew we do need to bring mm-hmm. the four soups together to uh, take him on. Well, that's yeah. that's why. Also, going back to now that I think about it, bringing in Talro, you're stacking the deck. That's what uh, me and Mike were discussing it in our last episode about how, in my opinion, at this point, if it is doomsday, and I feel that it is, you have to stack the deck because doomsday is one of those characters in the DC landscape. That when he shows up, he murders everybody. The only person that's allowed to defeat Doomsday is Superman. He's like the last line of defense. That's the person that it comes down to. Everybody else that stand tries to stand up to Doomsday gets murdered. But he can't murder the other three Supermen in this case. But he I has mean, he- to beat the crap out of them. That's the thing. Yeah, he, he does. You have to set up that that idea that Cal has to feel like his back's against the wall against Doomsday. And sacrificing himself. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, in the last last episode when we discussed about episode one, I, th- I threw it out there that I think Jordan will try to take on Doomsday. Of course. Doomsday's going to wreck him, and then Cal's going to say, oh my god, I have to choose sacrifice myself to save my son. Yeah. Because he's not just going to stand there and let Doomsday murder him. He's like, excuse me, um, can I sacrifice Kyle instead? (laughs) (laughs) But now take it even further. Can you imagine the moment that basically, say, Talro is brought into this conflict? Yeah. And it's, Cal has to watch his brother get killed by Doomsday. And I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, because that's like that's what I was saying. I don't think Tal Rowe is necessarily bad. Tal Rowe is a what, like almost like a nationalist, just like yeah. Zod was. Oh, hundred percent. And he's, he doesn't support the killing of Kryptonians. So if something comes in the way of he refused to kill Superman last season. Yeah. So you think he's gonna let something kill Superman? This it, is this is that's why I do feel like we have the ingredients of something pretty good between Superman and Tal Rowe. Imagine having this this shaky relationship that you can't quite trust each other, but you also know that you're not going to kill each other. So, Hey, let's work together because we need to, otherwise we're going to die. So that could work if we get there, but, but going to your point, Mike, about how this episode felt CW and we, you mentioned it off air and I just double checked it to make sure. Maybe I don't want this on the air, Dave. (laughs) Well, I think it needs to be pointed out. The director of the episode was David Ramsey. Yeah, can we sacrifice Diggle in the fight against Doomsday? <laughs> now, I didn't well, think about this, Dave, until we started talking about this. The other episode, 
that was the only episode that was really bad last season was, was also directed by David Ramsey. Yes. He didn't write it. So yeah, that's fair. But maybe they're giving him the shitty scripts too. They're like, fuck yeah, David can direct this one. <laughs> you know what this show Sacrifice needs? It. This show needs Kev Smith. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Please. No. No. <laughs> no. Why would you put that type of evil on this show? He'll save it. Have you seen his Superman ideas? He'll save it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> now, now Mike's just traumatized thinking about it. Can, well, it can't be any worse than Diggle. But it, if but you are right, Dave, the Diggle thing might be part of the problem. Um, I don't. He doesn't seem like he's a great director. He's an awesome actor, but doesn't mean he's a great director because this episode did have directing issues. For example, um, why did we it, something was okay when Superman falls into pain? Why are we not focusing on him enough? Like we don't see any reaction. His son is being strangled by his uncle and we have no reaction of him. We're not seeing his face. We get a, a wide shot and a medium shot of him huddled over. Why are we not getting something more intense? I felt like there was a, just a lot of disconnection as well from our characters. The, the chosen shots and the things that they were doing to interact with each other was just off. Yeah, the cinematography in this one was down because yeah. there were times when I'm like going in, an, in any other episode you would see like those moments where they just cut in really quick and make it a character moment of focusing on like a, a perilous moment for a character. Right. But throughout this entire episode, you have this, these moments go past because the cinematographer decides, nah, I'm going to go the easy way route and we're just going to do a wide shot. Well, and that's also up to the director usually, at least for exactly. Yeah. And then that unfortunately if you look at like the formula of the directing and the shot selection in this episode, it is very CW ish. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully it all comes together. So but I, I, yeah, I'm hoping um, like we did um, on a couple of these other shows, you know, they don't release in advance too much uh, in the way of, episode titles or the writer or the director, they're usually only maybe one or two episodes ahead of that. So I'm looking at it right now, seeing if there's any of those episodes that were really standout, amazing episodes from season one, where we were like over the moon. If any of those are going to start popping up, those names will start popping up in season two as writers and or directors. And, and so far Gregory Smith as a, as a director is a name that's popping up a couple of times this season. So that's what I'm going to keep my eye on. Are we yeah, getting yeah, the definitely. same talent coming back to bring that a game? Well, yeah. from what I, what I see in the, the wiki that they have here, the breakdown, David Ramsey has this episode and then the next episode. Mm. And uh, it's the same writing team. Because are you sure about that? I'm seeing Gregory Smith on this episode three. I got Gregory Smith going into episode four. Oh, because like he's going to do episode four and then you have Melissa Episode Hickey. four is titled doomsday. <laughs> doomsday. That'd be awful. No, it's literally called the thing in the mines. No, that's, oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's yeah. what it's called. The thing in the mines. And basically on the, on hmm. the, uh, Superman wiki, it actually shows David Ramsey is actually the one that's directing it. Hey. And then after that, then you have, um, Melissa Hickey. See, that's a good point, Steve and David. Like, that's what we need to focus on. Making sure that we're getting the same writing team. Maybe there was a change out for whatever reason. You know, so. It'd be really sad if it were. 
Yeah. There there was a, a consistent thread last season for the most part. There was it wasn't the same people every time around, but there was a six or so names that they just kind of rotated around here and there across the season. And those names are popping up this season as well. Did you say dames or names? Names. names. Oh, I, I could <laughs> There's some dames in there too. It's like Jesus did it again. Um, it, it's just, you know, maybe, maybe sometimes it comes down to the combination of those people, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Quick live read, get more DC and RMD content by pledging to our Patreon page this year. We've got a wide variety of DC content planned for Patreon subscribers. So don't miss out. Head over to patreon.com slash Rayman digital and pledge a minimum of $5 a month, and you will gain access to our podcast and behind-the-scenes tiers. If you like our shows, get more of what you like. Go to patreon.com slash Digital. Okay, so it is quite clear that we struggled a bit with this episode. I wasn't sure going into tonight's show if you guys were going to end up being on the same page as me, I was kind of hoping you were not and you could talk me off the ledge. <laughs> uh, the costumes for the new DOD Superman looks like it was an idea from the Arrowverse art department, <laughs> uh, or I should say the rejected ideas. And that's saying something. Uh, the plot was sparse at best. Nothing happened that we didn't already know or suspect. There are things that are so obvious. Sarah cheating on Jordan. The douche kid on steroids. I mean, we know what that's going to be. He's probably going to have some type of ex-kryptonite. There's just so many things that are glaring. Uh, the DOD. Issues with them. It di- There's inconsistencies. Uh, it's all things we've seen before and know exactly what's going to happen. Natalie and Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I hate to say it, but that it's all aiming towards that. So uh, the strength for me is the Talro scenes. You know, the, the whole nurture thing is always good. This is someone that had zero nurture. Even the way he was conceived was void of care. Uh, this is something about Superman that has always interested me. This is something that you and I, David, have talked about a lot. The, the Kryptonians use of eugenics. I've always thought the ethical implications of tampering with genetics makes for an intriguing ideological statement. So that's always good. I really feel like that should be more of a focus, something deep like that. Uh, but it is nice when they bring it back. But overall, I I struggled with this episode, and I'm going to give it a 65% on the RMD score. Uh, Steve? Uh, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm going 60. I was very... Very disappointed in in this episode. Unfortunately, it, it's not that it was all bad. There no. was glimmers, but it was not what I was. It's a little sad, right? Like it makes you feel a little dopey, like mopey. I should say, not it, dopey. Yeah, it makes me a little mopey. And I think what really underscored it on this episode for me in particular, and, and I knew this going into season two because they talked about some costume changes. And uh, you know, I, since I wasn't here last week. Um, one thing I noticed was Clark, uh, the, uh, the actor playing Clark, can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, he has shed some, some muscle this season. Did he? He did. And they, I saw an article on this. He is now wearing more of a muscle suit and there was some shots in the uh. first episode. If you go back and watch 
where the suit was just wrinkling weird and wearing weird because it's over top of a muscle suit. And then when he's in Clark, he's very thinned out compared to season one. And it's just too much work to work out. It's like, like, "Eh, you know what? One year is enough for me. Yeah. And so going into this episode, knowing that they have a new suit, I really paid attention to his shoulders looked off his shoulders, but the S the S is different this time around. Actually, I noticed it in this. That bothered me. And so to your mopey comment, Mike, that S not being as, as, uh, impactful, impactful. It, it took away my hope. (laughs) Gee, I was so on board until you said that, (laughs) but that's what it means. (laughs) All right, Dave, what about you? I'm, will you go lower or higher? I'm actually in between both of you again, again. Okay. We're down Sarah, (laughs) but, but, I'm at actually a 63 with this episode. It's it is worse than the in season one. Yes. I I rated the the Man of Steel. I think it was the Man of Steel. That's the one that David Ramsey did. Let's see the here. lowest one. It was episode 12, and the lowest we went last year was 83, percent and that was 83. me. 83. The lowest so, yeah. score, David. Uh, David, you gave last year was 84. And the lowest score that Steve gave all year last season uh, was 84. Yeah, I know that 84 was because of Man of Steel. That so was the, this the is, David Ramsey one. This is a little scary. And this is the one that basically is worse than that. That This by far, this was worse. <laughs> mm. This is the one that basically had the most red flags for me. It really did. And that's why it dropped so to a 60, 62. Because like I'm like going... The direction was terrible. The only you can only name one positive thing that happened, and the only thing that made me giddy was I want to see Doomsday. You know we're not the only ones, right? I I was looking it up earlier today. I, I didn't look. Yeah, and uh, I, I I usually never look things up until after I have expressed my opinion fully and have written it down because Fair. I don't want to be uh, skewed. So I, I was curious to see if I was just being a, a Superman baby, and last season. This show was critically acclaimed amongst regular critics, not oh, yep. geek sites, regular television critics were like, this is a home run series. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, a lot of the big trades dropped their reviews of this episode and they're shitting on it. So and if you it's think, not just us. If you think okay. about it too, though, I think the one thing that I noticed about this episode, they veered away from the strength of the show because the strength of the show is Clark Lois, John, the and family. the family. The family dynamic. And we didn't get any of that in this episode. There's no family. There's, the no family. There's no family. There's no family. I mean, like, Clark, you would expect Lois to be dealing with her family, but instead she's with Chrissy dealing with the mind. Well, they yeah. are setting things up. I mean, yeah. they have the idea of the extended family now with John and Nad, and then they have the issue of Lois and her sister now and but some her, But lawsuit. the strength of the show, the strength of the show... Honestly, it's that nuclear family it's status. The nuclear and we, family. And yeah. we had it a lot last episode with Lois dealing with what she was dealing with, which was really powerful. And it's like a a, a light switch got flipped. Mm-hmm. The, the the atomic family just disappeared. Poof. David Ramsey's like going, nah, this doesn't work in CW verse. Yeah, like- <laughs> he must be a child of divorce. <laughs> wow. Um, I feel bad though because I've I've talked this series up 
for season one to a plethora of people. So have I. And He's told them, like, guys, like, no bullshit. Like, this is a really good Superman story. And, you know, God help them. If they get to season two, I'll feel well, bad. Well, we, I don't want to, you know, scream or cry that the sky is falling just yet. We are Fair. two episodes in. But as we have expressed numerous times already, there are some some obvious writing errors when it comes to the setup writing and directing already the two episodes the first two episodes of your season are always so important because that's your setup and there was really nothing new in this episode if you took out all the fluff you would be left with maybe five minutes of actual story yes Mm -hmm. so maybe we need an extended cut Oh, I think CW has that. <laughs> so stupid. All right. We do need to bring this show to a close. I want to thank everyone for listening. We will be back and hopefully a lot more positive with our episode discussion for three for episode three. And don't forget, or if you don't know, we are broadcasting live all year long on Twitch. And starting in February, we will be back on our RM channel 001 that's available on TuneIn, Apple Radio as well as uh, numerous other places. I don't have that information right now. So we will be live regularly. So be happy. Right? <laughs> Unlike me. We're going to try. Later. Bye-bye. Who are you, bitches? Mother of God. Would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. <laughs> <laughs>